Now, on March 8th, uh, we'll be asked to vote in two referendums to change our constitution. The first concerns the concept of family in the constitution. The second proposes to delete an existing part of the constitution and insert a new text providing recognition for care provided by family members to each other. Now, you have two separate votes on whether you wish to make the proposed changes to the current text of Article 41 of the constitution. But it's kind of interesting because with the government and the main opposition parties advocating a yes vote, it may prove difficult to reflect the thoughts of those who advocate for a no vote. Well, joining me now is Sorka Nicklachlan from the Countess. That's a volunteer organisation promoting the rights of women. Uh, good morning to you, Sorka. Good morning, how are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you so much for, for coming on with us today. Just give us a little more information about the Countess before we go on, if you would. Like you said, we're an organisation that um, advocates for women. We also um, advocate for children and vulnerable LGB people in Ireland. We are grassroots, we're non-religious, we're not aligned with any particular political party and we're non-partisan. Um, our name comes from Constance Markovic, of course, who did so much for her uh, country and for her sex. Um, our group was founded online in 2020 and we've expanded greatly since then. We examine issues affecting women and girls, especially around gender ideology and gender self-ID. Um, and in that we have eight main areas, which include single-sex spaces like prisons, uh, lesbian erasure is a big area, schools and safeguarding, and my remit is in sport. So as part of that, we make sort of formal submissions, we've drafted legislation, and we, like, we aim to provide commentary and analysis and put ourselves forward as stakeholders in this area. Um, so, yeah, we yes. cover a fair amount there. <laughs> you certainly do indeed. Now, your group is advocating a no uh, vote. We do, you, are. do you go along with what I said there by way of introduction to you? Have you concerns about the fact that all of the main parties are now advocating for a yes uh, vote? Um, does that concern you? Well, it sort of demonstrates the lack of effective opposition, really, in the country at the moment, I feel. And also that... Um, Groups don't seem to be able to independently decide what they would like to do. From our side, we've looked at both amendments um, and are concerned about both of them, the potential impacts of both of them on uh, women and families. Um, and as such, we're advocating for no, no. The uh, the the poll on the Irish Times was kind of interesting, though, was it not? I mean, most, yeah. most voters saying that they know hardly anything at all about the proposed uh, changes. And um, and there was a very interesting part in it, actually, Sorka, that, that struck me. It said better informed voters were more likely to vote against the proposed changes. What, what did you make of that? Well, we found that very interesting. Um, it actually has quite been, been quite difficult to find better informed voters. We were on the streets in various different towns over the, around the country and a lot of people were quite angry that they hadn't had much information. And then once we began to dig down into the wording of the existing wording and the, the changes, a lot of people changed from don't knows to knows in front of us. Um, and so that sort of reflects what this poll is showing. You know, most people haven't had enough information on this to make an informed choice. But there's an obligation we, on a government in a referendum yeah. to inform people in a balanced fashion. There is an obligation on the Electoral Commission, I think it is now, or it used to be the Referendum Commission. I believe there are booklets um, coming out. They're certainly available online as of last week, although they haven't been much promoted. Um, and 
that kind of reflects the speed at which this whole thing has progressed, you know. We went from an announcement to December in December that it was going to be on the 8th of March. Then the the debates were rushed through the Dáil, two days in each house in the Dáil and two days in the in the Senate, uh, where in the Shannon's where they they really just didn't have enough time. They voted down amendments and pushed it through and there was no what's called pre-legislative scrutiny of the wording. So they've come up with the wording quite close to the date of the referendum, which doesn't leave enough time for the Electoral Commission to produce the documents required to inform people um, of exactly what the wording is. So we knew that there was something coming, but we didn't know what the wording was going to be until very recently. Um, And the the vote, of course, is in in less than four weeks' time now. So, you know, we're really pushed for time in getting the information out there. I think it's a very poor reflection on their their commitment to democracy, if I'm honest. So the second referendum seeing the deletion of the women in the home, woman in the home, language in the constitution, recognition of care within the home, it's seen Uh, I mean, we're hearing that this is outdated language on women in the home and a job of work has to be done to address this. What is your problem exactly with the changes that they're proposing? So there's a couple of things. So if I split it into two, one is the deletion of the recognition of uh, the value of what women and particularly mothers do and the protection for those mothers. And two is the insufficiency of the new article. So to go to the first one, we have heard people saying that it's old-fashioned, but at least it's honest. You know, women do the majority of housework. They are the majority of carers in the home. They do double the hours of caring and more than double the hours of housework, according to the CSI. So, you know, it is clear that women give a lot to their families. The the article says that the state recognises that by her life within the home, but in the Irish version it says, so that's within her family life that she gives to the state, a support without which the common good cannot be achieved. So it's at least a recognition that, you know, we do work quite hard in our families and in our our communities, um, and that that's for the benefit of everyone, even if it's not in paid employment. And the second part we are very concerned about the deletion because it says the state shall therefore endeavour to ensure that mothers are not obliged by economic necessity to engage in labour to the neglect of their duties in the home. And again, in the Irish, it's, the interpretation will be slightly different because it's dulgish in a tiluch, which is more like your responsibilities to your family rather than this kind of drudgery that's that image that's conjured up by duties in the home is kind of of drudgery, but responsibilities to your family makes it clear that's, that that's interesting. it's a lot so, more than that. So you're saying the changes are based on a translation from the Irish that mightn't be as accurate as we might believe. Is that is that? A well, I would say I, I would say whoever did the translation in 1937 might have had a different idea as to the people who wrote the Irish because in the title of the whole of Article 40, 41, it's the family, one tiluch. But then in the body of Article 41.2, Antilach is changed to the home. So it kind of does give that impression. I can understand why, you know, men and women feel that it's sexist. Um, I personally don't feel that. I just don't think it's ever held me back. I think the changes that have happened in society since that was written have been, you know, have made clear that this Constitution article is not what's holding us back. That 
it's actually the inequality that exists within society that has led to, you know, underrepresentation of women. Although we have had some very high-profile women in, in power in this country and still do, thank God. But this this article actually recognises that whether or not you are out and about working or you know, doing whatever, as a woman, your contribution to your family is valuable and that you should have a choice to stay at home, to fulfil those responsibilities if that's what's required by your family. And removing that uh, endeavour to ensure removes that obligation on the state to support that choice. And that is very concerning to us. It hasn't yet been tested, but it is about to come to court. A woman is relying on that article. And so the rush to get this through, I feel, is very unfair on that woman who's going to court because if if she wins, then other women could rely on that case law, except that article won't exist anymore. So, you know, we at least need to see the outcome of that case before we vote. You know, can, can, I put, um, can I put some of the, the language uh, that, that's uh, being put out there and uh, just, uh, yeah. you might just... Um, uh, reflect on it and maybe comment on it for me. Uh, Article 41.2 never benefited women or society in general. Uh, also being said that a yes vote would be a decisive signal to our nation's daughters that a woman's place is wherever she wants it uh, to be. And also that a yes Unless vote... Unless she wants to stay at home. <laughs> and also that a yes vote will recognise the contribution that unpaid labour makes to the economy and society. Um what, what, what do you make of that commentary? So, uh, to, to, the, to the first, the first point says that it will sign. What, what did you say the first one was? It, it never benefited women or society. Well, it, like I said, it, it was never taken. It was never um, pushed in court. It's never been used in court until now. So, a woman is trying to rely on that right now. So, none of the feminist organisations ever tried to defend women using this article. However, you. You know, we do have things that stem from this. We we saw way back from a lawyer on um, on X that uh, he had successfully defended women using this clause in terms of um, instalment orders mm-hmm. for repayments and things like that. So although we can't say that it benefited, we also can't say that it harmed women. So why remove it when it has in it this uh, endeavour to ensure? And I want to get back to that because when we move to the second part, which is the replacement language, you will see that it is much less stringent upon the state. Um, so, you know, a sign- it is a signal to women and mothers that their place is wherever they want to be, yes. unless they, they want to ch- stay at home with their children, in which case they're in the, that, that is equated with general care of anybody, which it's not. Mothering and caring are two different things. You know, when we're mothers, we're the ones who are pregnant, we're the ones who give birth, we're the ones who nurture our children in the early years, and that's as it should be. So all other things even being equal, which they're not, we would still, by mothers, uh, give a benefit to the state. We're producing the next generation, and by by good mothering in the early years where, where the child is strongly attached to their mother, their mental health as adults is much better. So it is to the benefit of the whole of society that mothers have a choice mm. on where they would like to be during those early years, the, the, at home with their children or out of work. The other line that struck me is that we need to win so that we can keep driving the momentum of positive change. The indication there that I would read from that is that if it's a no vote 
there won't be a momentum for positive change. Well, if it's a no vote, it says to the state, go back and try again. This isn't good enough. If it's a yes vote, it says, okay, fair enough, but they're not obliged to do anything beyond what putting this into the Constitution. So I would, I would feel the exact opposite as whoever made that statement, that a no vote is a signal to the state that they got the wording wrong on this, that if they want to make this change, they need to convince us of its benefit and they need to get the wording better. They need to get correct wording in there. Also, Otherwise, also no. what's put in there, Sorka, is that, you know, the view that uh, the, the the Catholic Church's influence on, on the original wording and the like, uh, because you had a government that might be seen as being in, in thrall, I suppose, to Catholicism at uh, the time. What, what about that being put out there? How do you feel about that? Well, I don't feel that the recognition of women and mothers is particularly unique to the Catholic Church. I hope a lot of, uh, you know, non-religious people like myself and people of other religions would realise that this is this article in particular has got nothing to do with religion. It's got to do with recognising women and mothers. You know, and the argument that, oh, uh, when, the, when the Constitution was written, the state was enthralled to the Catholic Church is never used to throw out any other articles that are in there. You know, we have... We have decided as a civil society which bits we would like to retain and we have removed bits that we don't. But the argument that we didn't like to put it in in the first place to me is very... um, uh, It's just... Sorry, no, it's not... um, It's just not good enough, you know. I don't care who wrote it. I like it. I want it to be in there. I want to be recognised for my contribution to society as a mother. And... I'm an atheist. Well, of course, I don't, the, of I course the, government, the government would make the point that should be even more recognised uh, with this change to the Constitution and that, you know, the fact that... Well, you... that would bring me on to the second point because the second article that they, that they are proposing, yes. the replacement article for this, is removing all of that from the section about the family. So there would be no recognition that it's mothers who do the caring, uh, that it's women who do the caring, and and the difference between mothers as and parents as well, who are do filling their role as parents and mothers and carers, is gone. It's erased. There is no recognition of of motherhood or as being different to caring. And they are two very different things. Caring for your elderly or disabled relative is very different to caring for your child to from mothering your child. You know. So I would feel very, that that conflating those two things essentially erases the fact of me being a mother and relegates me to the role of carer. We know from a survey that most carers do not like to be referred to simply as carers. They want to be referred to by their relationship to the person they're caring for, either as mother or daughter or father or son. So taking out that language and using words like carers, I think, erases that we have a relationship with the person that we're caring for. And it also does erase women and motherhood. This is the same government that tries to erase the words mother from the maternity legislation. They do not recognise that motherhood is important. They see it as transactional and we do not. We see it as Can I, just before I let you go, can I put you, I had an interesting conversation with a young woman earlier on uh, this morning. We were talking about maybe young people and their attitude to um, Mm. the referendums. And she made an interesting point to me. And again, it's in light of the current wokeness, I suppose, that's that's out there. And she was saying that largely younger people, she figures, 
will vote yes. But young men will go along with that because they feel in the current atmosphere that to be seen to be voting no would be inappropriate at this time. Do you, do you take what I'm saying there, Sorka? I do, I do, and I, I'm not sure, but our, our candidates were out over the weekend and we met people of all ages who were voting no, young men included, young students, young men with families and children, and the great majority of the people we spoke to of all ages were saying they were voting no, that they felt that this was... that. Either they objected to the new wording or they wanted to retain the existing wording. The new wording is extremely... Um, it's just, it just doesn't go far enough. It, it lets down people who care, so the carers, as I mentioned earlier, pushes all the, family, all the care back into the family. But it also does not mention disabled people at all in terms of the rights that they should have. So it's gone against the constitutional... Rec- the... the, the um, Sorry, you know the oh god, the word's gone out of my head. The citizens' mm. assembly, mm. Um, what they recommended, they wanted to include supports within the community as well, and the strive to ensure, to strive to support such provision is what the wording is. So as as I mentioned earlier, the endeavour to ensure is legally enforceable. Strive to support is aspirational, and we you know we all know when the government aspires to do something that how how difficult it is for them to actually achieve that. So we would be very concerned about that very weak wording that they have there. You know, and it isn't progressive to try to push care back on families and to erase women and mothers. It is it is regressive. Oh We're back to everyone get into the house and don't let anybody know what's going on here. It's it's very poor. All right, so okay, I must leave it there, but thank you so much for your time this morning. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 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 That's a Sorka Nick Lachman there from uh, the Countess, again, their volunteer organisation promoting the rights of women in Ireland. And over the next few weeks, we will be providing all the viewpoints that are out there where the referendums are concerned. We'll take a break back.